Hello and welcome. My name is Tanai and I help women become confident with themselves and their sexuality and shed the pressure to be the good girl. For the past 10 years, I've worked with all kinds of sex and relationship experts to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, only to find out that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is my opportunity to debunk commitment phobia, so drop all of your preconceived notions and tune in to hear what I've learned along my journey about what it takes for people to create authentic and intimate connections. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everyone. My guest today, Kelly Bodie, is an international intimacy and sex coach currently living in Bali. And she helps women fill themselves up so they can enter relationships feeling full and helps women feel more love towards men. And what I really get from Kelly is that she's a woman who's committed to embodying and teaching how to come from a place of love and connection into relationships and not a place of defense and attack, a place where you're celebrating the relationship and celebrating your partner and having relationship work be pleasurable and joyful. I feel like we're in this, you know, world of you got to put work into the relationship and you really got to make it work. And it's a relationship isn't just butterflies and sunshine, but the way that Kelly really embodies that and teaches that is coming from a place of, Hey, this is actually you know, a a commitment to love and connection, and it can be fun and playful and celebratory. So I'm really excited to do a deep dive into how how Kelly teaches that and how she embodies it in her own relationship. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. And that was a beautiful intro. (laughs) Yes, love to roll out the red carpet for my guests. I feel it. So, all right. So I just want to start out with asking you the question, you know, when, when I invited you to the podcast, you said, oh yeah, you know, by the way, the commitment folk thing, like I totally get it. And that's definitely something that resonates with me. So before doing all this work, what was your relationship to commitments in relationships? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh God. Well, at, before doing this work, I didn't commit to anything at all. I mean, I had been in one committed relationship and I cheated on him and I uh, was hardly committed in that way. And then I remember I didn't have a calendar. I hated feeling committed to a job. I, I, um, I think maybe the one thing that I did feel committed to and that I really loved during that time was dancing. So I was on a, a professional dance company in Chicago. This was probably when I was um, like 21 before I got into this work. And and that was the one thing that, that felt really resonant and that I loved. But besides that, completely wouldn't commit to anything at all. Yeah. So not even, you didn't even mention really like in relationships. It was like not even just oh, your no. dance practice. <laughs> Literally dance. And then, you know, my friends, I had good girlfriends and, um, relationships were not a thing like it was always that we were just hooking up or we were in a situationship um I was always the cool girl who didn't care didn't want that much you know like when I was in relationships so I was like uh, yeah I, I guess that I just never I never asked for commitment from them and I also didn't want it 
So it was like pushing away on both sides and, and, and always not communicating too. I had no clue how to communicate. Right. Complete mess. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you want the commitment and the relationships at the time? Well, at that time, you know, I was in this one relationship. It was end of high school, early college, and they cheated on him. And it was really not a good relationship for that reason. And more, I didn't know how to communicate. Um, I felt really trapped in the relationship. I, um, yeah, I was just unhappy in a lot of ways in the, in that relationship. But we did have really hot sex. So I think that's what kept me in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... um so once I got out of that relationship and the ending kind of like exploded, it was like the one committed relationship I'd ever been in. And I was just like, forget it. I don't want that again. Um, I don't want to feel like held down or trapped or um, I just want to be free to do whatever I wanted. And so at that point, I was really partying a lot, going out, drinking a lot and sleeping with random guys. And more often I'd have like a guy who I would sleep with consistently. But I remember there was one guy in college and he was sweet and kind and loved me and wanted to be in a relationship. And I just could not like be bothered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't care less. Like I didn't want it. Um, and, I, and I also didn't believe that he really wanted it. And I was just, I remember once he told me that he loved me and I was like, no, you don't. And I walked out of the room. And that's how I like, avoid it and uninterested I was in anything deeper than just physical. So I thought. Right. Yeah, I so resonate with that, with men having said, like, I love you. And you're like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you really yeah. don't. This isn't real. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't imagine how that meant to, felt to hear from me mm. in that moment when he was like being vulnerable saying I love you mm. and I'm like no you know I literally walked out of the room and closed the door and I'm like whoa that would be so sad to if I was on the other end of that mm-hmm. but my heart was just super closed mm. yeah where where and how did you start to notice that your heart was closed and how did that desire come into your life of why I really want to open my heart well I started getting, so there were a lot of different things going on in my life at that time. And I definitely felt really weighed down by just regrets that I had, feeling super, like, just oh, so much incomplete, like, bullshit, stories, shame, conditioning, all these things just, like, weighing down on me. I remember feeling really depressed. I feel, like, really anxious and... um and I was also pursuing a career as a dancer and I was also drinking a lot and doing all this like cooking ups. So I was just unfulfilled in a lot of ways and dance even felt like unfulfilling at that time. I, 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 I felt stuck. And so my mom actually invited me to go to this personal growth seminar weekend. Um, and she was like, I'll pay for you. I really want you to go. Like her work had told her about it. It was so random and I was up for it. And so went to this weekend and completely blew my mind and like ripped my heart open and just had me see all my conditioning and stories and fear about communicating and where that came from and, you know, healed so much around my relationship with my mom and dad, which was a big piece, just family drama from all the years that I was holding on to. And yeah, that really like 
ripped me open and more like my mind and my heart in a way. But once I got my first like taste of that uh, transformation and what I feel like to have a breakthrough and see a blind spot, I just couldn't get enough. Mm-hmm. And I just kept going. And I think my heart opening to relationship, it still took a bit longer. Like that was a bit of a process, but slowly from there, things started to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting that it came out of a place of connecting to yourself. And then that's what came out of it. It's like what I'm hearing is that you didn't even know what was beneath that. Like you didn't even know that underneath all of that was what was blocking you from opening your heart to relationships. For sure. Yeah. And you know, actually, before I did that course, I had done acid with my friends. (laughs) And that really like just, I don't know, it had a way of like taking me out of my identity and of all this bullshit stuff that I had holding me down. And I felt so free. And I just felt like a kid. I felt like um, I wasn't afraid of anything. And I knew everything was perfect. And it was all love. And I was like, I remember coming out of that. I was like, whoa, I want to find that. Because I remembered it from like being a kid. I felt so far away from it at this point. And then I was like, I want that. Like, I, I know that I can have that in my life. But I actually have no clue how. But I know that I wanted, I, I remember making the choice of like pursuing that. And I knew I didn't want to like keep doing acid or anything. I only did it like a couple of times. And then, and then I got into personal growth work and I was like, this is it. Like, this is how I take off those layers and actually get back to this like freedom and joy and love, just like that kids have. Mm-hmm. And we can lose through all the yeah. years. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah. Your own process of unpeeling and getting back to that childlike state. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, presence and joy and all that. Yeah, yeah. So something that really stood out to me listening to your podcast, where you talk about your relationship with your current boyfriend, it didn't. It didn't just work right away. It was something that there was a lot of resistance in the beginning. Um, he wasn't sure if he wanted to be committed to you, and and you did, mm-hmm. and you held the desire. <laughs> instead of running away which like you know as 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 commitment phobes or commitment avoidant or intimacy avoidant like the easy thing to do is run away from that mm-hmm. so will you talk about what it means to hold a desire and what did it take for you to do that yeah so funny what a what a 180 when i think back i'm like yeah one walking out the door he said i love you too fast forward to uh, getting into this relationship with Matt and I really wanted to be in a relationship and I was basically like I love you and he walked out the door at the beginning but he's not literally like that but that's kind of how it was so um you know when I think of from 21 to now 27 there were so many different spaces that I went through like and so many different things I learned about and I think it was when I really got into this work around desire and like feminine growth work is kind of because when I started, it was like kind of masculine, like goals and integrity, which was important. But then around like 23 or 24 or something, got more into desire and feminine and sexuality. And I loved that. So it was just like juicy and this like nourishment that I just didn't hear much about. So that was really exciting. And like through that time, I learned about the importance of desire. And not from like a headspace of like, what do you, what do I think I want? Cause I was so in that, like, oh, I think I want to be a dancer. I think I want to be in Hollywood. I think I want to be rich and famous. And that's what I thought my desires were. 
But then when I actually got in touch with my body and my femininity and um, like my true desire that lives in there, it's just, it's, it's nothing you can figure out. And usually desire kind of fucks up your life. You know, like when I really got in touch with my desire, I was like, I want to move to Bali. I want to be a, I want to be an intimacy coach. Like I didn't want to dance. And so that just made my whole life kind of crumble, but in the best way ever. Cause it was just like, well, this actually feels so good. So there, it's been a whole journey with following desire, especially like beginning of 2020 was when I really, I decided at the beginning of 2020, which ended up being an insane year. But obviously I didn't know that, that I'd follow my desires no matter what. I was like, whatever I feel like in my gut is what I'm going to do. And it might not make sense, but I'm going to trust it because I want to just go all out. And I don't really want to see how this goes. And so that's really when, you know, I became a coach and I moved to Bali and and all these things that followed. So then I really had this relationship with desire after that, that I can trust it. And things really do work out when I follow my desire even when it's scary and even when it doesn't quite make sense to just take the next step and just trust that it's all, it's all unfolding perfectly. Mm. Even if it's not the way I thought it would look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it usually isn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, was so, really, that was really beautifully um, described by the way. That was thank yeah, you. very thank courageous. You. Yeah. Thank you. And then, so with Matt, so I've been, I was dating and, um, yeah, we, we met and going on dates for about like a month and a half. And when we first started dating, I wasn't clear with him or even clear with myself. If I wanted to be in a monogamous relationship. I wanted to be committed. I was like, maybe I'll have a lover, you know, we'll see. And then yeah, I got like a month and a half in with him. And it just hit me that I was not interested in anything but a monogamous committed relationship with him. And he was dating other women. Like he had been talking to this girl from before me. And I just realized like, I'm actually not okay with that. Like I actually don't, I don't want that. Um, and so luckily I am surrounded by women who are also in the practice of following their desire. Uh, one of our mutual friends, Amy and teachers, Amy, I lived with her at the time and I went into her bathroom. We were like getting ready for a girl's night. And I was like, Amy, what did I even say? I was like, I, I want Matt. Like, I want to be in a committed relationship. I want him to choose me. And she's like, well, you need to claim him then. You need to tell him that and like really own that, like own the desire. So I was like, oh, shit, you're right. So <laughs> we went on our girls night. I got hyped up, supported by my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I texted him. I said, can I come over tonight? I have a desire I want to share with you. And like terrified and sweating the whole time. Like, what am I doing? I remember I was riding my scooter over to his villa. So Bali and freaking out. Mm-hmm. I was just like, why am I doing this? This is stupid. I don't need to say this. I'm rushing things. You know, like I'm too much. He's going to freak out. Like he's going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. All the, and I was like, wanted to turn around, but I was just like, I already texted him. Just let's just try to do it. And, um, yeah. So then I, I just told him, that I, I just said, I just said the thing of wanting to be monogamous and committed. And it's like, I know it's not what we talked about because we had talked about being open or this or that. And from the work that I've done around like understanding men and communicating with men, I, I knew that he would need time to think about it. I knew that he, I didn't, I wasn't asking him to give me an answer right away. And so then after that, yeah, that's when we got into the whole, 
thing of him not being sure, me being sure. And that was just like a marathon. It felt like me learning how to really hold my desire. So I definitely like wobbled and it was like, maybe I do want an open relationship. But what really held me to it was my friends, like sisterhood, women around me who are doing the same work Hmm. and who would reflect to me. I'd be like, you know, go and hang out with a couple friends. I was living with like five girlfriends at the time. And I'd be like, maybe I could just be in an open relationship. You know, I've never really tried it. Like maybe it'd be good to experience it. And they were Mm -hmm. like, I don't think that's what you want. And I was like, "Ah, fuck you. Maybe it is what I want. But I knew Uh, it wasn't what I wanted, you know? (laughs) So you're going to laugh so hard. Amy was my first guest on the show and she talks about this story, but of course doesn't mention your name. (laughs) She just talks about, yeah, like a friend and client of mine. She like, you know, she, she, she wanted to be in a kind of relationship and her, her, the guy at the time didn't want it. And so it's, it was so funny to hear it in your podcast and now you sharing this story. Yes. Amy <laughs> did tell me that actually. She's like, I didn't use your name, but I talked, I forgot about that. But yeah, she told me. Oh, that's amazing. You know what I, what, something that really stands out to me is like you, you describing your sisters hyping you up is kind of like your own, like, I know you're sober and it's like some people get drunk and they go and like they say the thing and you got drunk on your support of your friends. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and yeah. And what I'm hearing is also that, that the process wasn't perfect, that you were kind of figuring it out as you're holding this desire, which I think, you know, when we try to avoid intimacy and the feelings, that's really what we're avoiding, right? That discomfort, that, that mess. Mm-hmm. We're so used to it looking like, if if he wants you, he's gonna come and get you. Yeah. And so, what what do you actually? <laughs> I'd love to hear you. I'd love to hear your opinion about that. About that that thought that you know, if, if the guy wants you, he's gonna he's gonna make it happen. He's gonna chase you. Hmm. Mm. I think it's can be really nuanced, you know, because I I think for in order for him to 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 pursue you, he needs to know what you want. So I think it really starts with your desire. Because I was just talking about this with, I was just, I just had a masterclass before this about feminine dating and how the feminine like create the space. Like we create, it's like an egg in a sperm, like the egg sits there and she's like, creates a field, like a call. And that's how I relate to desire. Like when we're clear, like when we're connected to our desire, our femininity, we're like sitting, we like that we can like be and like create the field and the clarity and it's not even just like a airy fairy thing because it, it's also like communicating your desire like me going to matt and saying i want i want i want commitment like i want to be in an honest relationship with you and then like a man being in his masculine energy is like then he can pursue you like once there is the opening like you create the opening the field the space for him to like step into and lead and like show up and and plan so it's like our desire actually precedes any of that right it's like opening the gates to the chariot to come in that's like the image that i'm getting right. like the chariot right. is not the gonna come into your comes. palace if you don't right you gotta let down that exactly. or whatever it's called yeah and i'm all for men like pursuing you and, and you should like if a man like isn't to you it, it feels good to know that and it feels good to be pursued but he won't pursue you or it depends on the man, but like in general, he's not going to pursue you. He doesn't feel that opening or that desire from you. Right. Yes. And so that actually brings me to something that I want to bring up, which is 
you talk a lot about receiving and how to practice it. Why is it important? What, what's your experience with receiving? Why, why is it so important? Why is this whole idea about receiving so important? Why, why does it even matter? What does it mean? Mm, such a good question. Yeah, because it's like, you know, all right, so now you're like, you're expressing your desire to the man, but now it's like, all right, you got to actually receive, you know, the pursuit and receive the attention. So yeah, love to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, well, you said it so beautifully. It's like, well, you know, I coach women who want to be in their feminine energy and who want a man who's in his masculine. And so the way that dynamic works is that like he does provide or he gives and then we have to receive in order to like complete the cycle or in order to like have the dance work it's like it's like dance partners like in partner dance it's like one person leads and one follows and like the leader is masculine the follower is feminine and so it's like that it's like that it's like being in the the role of feminine if you want that in your relationship and you need to like be able to receive and it's so much bigger than that too, because it's not just about masculine and feminine, but it's like, how, how often do we block receiving good things in our lives? Like, whether that be, um, compliments in a simple way or, um, money even, or like, a, a, like, um, manifestations that we really want. Like you say, we want it, but we don't really open to receive because receiving again, it's like the egg. When I think of the egg, she just like sits there and she just like knows her worth and she just like waits to receive and it can be so vulnerable to sit there and wait it was like that two weeks it was two weeks that Matt was like thinking about it and confused and unsure and I just had to sit there in all the discomfort and all the possible rejection and all the fear that he might not come but but that was like me being but I needed to like stick around to see if he would show up you know what I mean? If I would have shut down and closed my heart because I felt rejected, which I definitely did in those two weeks, it was hard and I felt rejected and I cried. And if I would have just shut my heart and walked away, I would have never been able to, I would have never like bled in this relationship. Right. So it's kind of like, does that make sense? What would you say? Aside? Yeah, absolutely. And aside from, from actually getting the relationship, what did you receive from that experience in general? Because mm-hmm. you know, I, in that moment, it's like, it could have gone either way. He could have been like, yes, I do want this or no. So what did you, what did you get for yourself having gone through those two weeks? Well, <laughs> it was really cool because again, with the help of my friends and sisters and roommates that I lived with and them just like reflecting, holding my desire was such a bigger thing, you know, like them saying that to me. And so when I held my desire, it also had me hold my desire in my business. So like creating the programs that I wanted, charging what I wanted, like holding my clients to their desires, it up leveled, like I made a bunch of money that month. And the process, because I did wobble and I was scared and it was like such, it was messy and kind of dramatic, but it really had me clarify, like, this is what I want. And whether it's with Matt or someone else, I know that I can have it, but I have to stay here. Like I have to stay in this clarity because otherwise I'm just going to get pulled into whatever else someone else wants. Right. Because it's so easy to want the comfortable, to avoid the pain, avoid that sense of rejection. But what you got, what you got out of it was clarity for yourself and belief in your desires. 
so powerful. Totally. And during those two weeks, I was also dating a couple other guys while I was dating Matt because this was like my practice while I was dating. I was like, I'm going to date slowly. I'm going to date multiple men at a time, like really just wanting to break old patterns that way. And um, so when I got really clear with Matt through that experience, I remember communicating to the couple guys that I was going on dates with and it, it was so not serious. Like I was definitely most interested in Matt, but they were fun and whatever. I remember communicating to them that I was really clear I wanted to be in a committed monogamous relationship. And both of them were like, so in. They were like, me too. Like, I love that. And prior to that, I had this story, especially about Bali, that everyone wants to be polyamorous. No one wants commitment. But when I got really clear on my desire and I just actually communicated it, I was like, oh, there's actually a lot. There's like abundance. There are, there are men who want this. And so whether it's Matt, Matt or not, it's going to be okay. Mm. And so you got clear on your desires and it's almost like you changed glasses. Like you started seeing the world that aligned with your desires because you stand, you started standing by them. Yes. Yes. The world shifted to be able to give me the things I wanted. Because mm. I was such a stand, but I wouldn't have it any other yeah. way. Right. Like all you had to do is get through that discomfort and, and stay there. And what was on the other side was your whole world shifted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Badass. Yeah, thank you. When it comes to your clients, when they're, when they're feeling avoidant to receiving and to being in that space, what are some of your favorite ways of helping them get, get through that like, and, and be open to receive? Well, we talk a lot about being with the discomfort and breathing. Because I think there can be this expectation that like receiving is easy. Just do it, you know, be in your feminine. But actually, it's like hard. Shit comes up. It can be messy. I remember one of my teachers said, she was like, receiving is fucking excruciating. She's like, it is like you're dilating and like slowly, slowly dilating to open, to receive more. And like sometimes you contract and then you dilate. It's just so painful. and. I always go back to that when I'm like in a space of this should be easy or something. And because it's not easy to receive, especially when we've been conditioned to be in our masculine energy of just like Mm -hmm. give, do, keep going and don't ever slow down. So it's like slow down, take a breath, feel your feelings, be with the love that (laughs) is like wanting to penetrate you like energetically. Because like we have to actually be available to receive like it's like receiving his penetration energetically physically but it is like it can be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think also um in the world that we've been living in women don't feel comfortable receiving compliments or trusting compliments or receiving um men taking care of them and it's what i know you talk about a lot like emasculating men and not letting them provide for you Mm mm-hmm not allowing to do the receiving because women are just so used to now doing everything mm-hmm. and not feeling, not feeling trusting and just receiving. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it takes healing to receive because it can be scary to be in our feminine surrendered receiving energy because, you know, a lot of women maybe have trauma with men or maybe your mom has trauma with men or, you know, there's been thousands of years of this like 
out of balance dynamic where a lot of women were non-consensually dominated by men and we didn't have rights and we didn't have a voice. And so I think that there's this fear of like going back to that place. Like, oh, but if I surrender, if I'm like willing to let him lead, does that mean that like I'm going to lose my power or lose my rights or like go back to the 1950s? And not at all. But it is like creating this new dynamic that's actually never, never existed before. Cause we haven't like, you know, so it's like, I just feel like it's like a pendulum, you know, and like the pendulum was all over here, like, all the way over here. We were like, had no rights. And it was like 1950s and we had to, couldn't get credit cards and, you know, we were like property and some yeah. still like live like that. But like in the US and then now it's swung all the way to the other side of the pendulum where we're like, fuck men. I don't need a man. I can do it all myself. Don't offer to pay for me. Don't open the door for me. I, I don't need you to help me lift something up. Like, who? Do, why do you like? That's a, that's offensive. And it was necessary. It, it has been necessary for us to to swing. I think because it was just the, the way things yeah. were going to go. And but now it's like we're all the way over here on this. I don't need a man thing. But we also deeply want men. We deeply want to feel provided for and taken care of. Or that's all the women that like, whenever I hear women, we like get to the deeper thing. It's like, that's what they really want. They do want a man who's like in his masculine energy. And yeah, he's like balanced, integrated, masculine energy. But it, there can be some healing that needs to happen for women to be willing to like, to step into their feminine, their integrated, balanced feminine. Right. It makes sense. So it's like not, and it's not just as easy as, as surrender. Right. Let's receive. Yeah. Right. What, what does it mean to you to surrender in a relationship? I know you talk about that a lot as well. So in a bigger sense, like, I guess if we look at like the ener- the energetics, the dynamics that you want in a relationship. And like, when we talk about the leading and following, like the dance partners, if you want a man to lead and that's like him being as masculine, that's him providing, like he's in the leader role. Something that we have to, <laughs> like step into as women, which can be such an ego death, but like surrendering to his leadership. Which when I first heard that phrase, I was like, vomit, no. <laughs> it sounds awful. But I also deeply wanted that. And you know, I actually got into this work around I'm gonna go on a little tangent because I feel like we'll get her back around to it. But like I, I got into this work around masculine feminine energy um because I was really turned on by BDSM, by like Dom sub dynamic. And I, and I really loved being in my submissive energy. And I had this realization when I was in a retreat doing a, a Dom sub workshop with Amy, actually with Desire and Fire. And, um, and uh, Meredith Lynn held it and she's amazing. But I, I had this realization that I, after the class, I was like, whoa, I've been in all these relationships that have been like shadow submissive like I've been in my submissive or feminine but like this is how it was the words I was using like I wanted to be domed sexually in the relationship energetically like I just love that dynamic but I I wasn't fully um like right with that within myself like there was shame around me wanting to feel submissive in the relationship because probably like this I needed to be independent um and all these other stories that I had and then who, well, who I attracted from that space was really like shadow dominating partners because I was with partners who were very controlling, who were very dominant, but it wasn't like integrated balance dominance. It was like, I'm going to tell you what to do and get really jealous and possessive in a way that doesn't feel good. 
And so I, all these things clicked into place for me after this workshop. And I was like, whoa, like I have created all of this because I like it. I like it on some level. Yeah. <laughs> but I was really clear also that I was like, I, but I also, I want to have this in a healthy, like I don't want to blow up my life. Cause that's how my old relationships were. I was like, I like blew up my life to be in this relationship and like would lose myself in it and um, just become whatever they wanted me to be. And so I was like, okay, like how can I have this in an integrated way? So that led me to get deeper into be- dom sub dynamics. And funny enough, it was like masculine, feminine energies. Like it was just like learning about masculine, feminine, but like on steroids. Cause it was just like the most polar the most, you know, like polar sides of masculine feminine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I used to be really triggered by masculine feminine energy, like we were reminded a long time ago. And so it's just so funny that I talk about it the way I do now. And it's just been this whole journey. So what I learned during that course was that um, this was not only what I wanted sexually, and I kind of had this realization after the retreat, but like not only what I wanted sexually, but like relationally. And I can actually have that dynamic. And what that looks like is actually just like me being in my submissive and feminine energy, like same, same thing. And then letting him be in his dominant masculine leader energy. And so what that requires of me, if I want that dynamic is to surrender to his leadership. So this is like a wraparound way of telling kind of the energetics in the story, but I'll give you a specific mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah. it's like, it's not just mean you just do what he says, no matter what. And you just right, which surrender. Right, which a lot of people think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which a lot of people are afraid of. And I was too. I was like, wait, what? Okay, so this is really simple. And I think a lot of women can relate to this. Because, yeah. I love when Matt plans dates for us. And there's like a specific formula for me to receive, ask for, and like surrender in that process. Like be in my feminine energy. So the way it happens is, I express the desire. So this is like the first, you know, you like create space, the desire. It, it, it always leads. I'll be like, I want to go on a date. I'd love to go out to dinner with you on Friday. And he's like, great. I'd love to plan that for us. Amazing. So then it's like, I like hand the ball off to him. So now it's his turn. And he plans and he puts it together. And then um, when we get to Friday and we're like going on the date, this is when you get to surrender. So I think that where we can go wrong is like, he plans for us. He sets up a date. We're on the date and it's not perfect. It's not the sushi place we wanted to go to. He picked someplace on the other side of town. And why would he do that? And like, we want to get into this like criticizing, emasculating place of like, why isn't he perfect? And he's stupid and he did this wrong. Hmm. And so the surrender piece of it is that you just like you actually just surrender to receive like what he actually planned instead of trying to get in there. And again, trying to maybe like compete a little bit or like be in your masculine, you're going to like rub and have friction. And so it's a big practice for like we battle plan things and maybe something will be a little bit off to, from my point of view, or he didn't like clean his room perfectly or it's just stupid little things that I noticed. Because I have this like feminine attention that's more like dispersed and I can like see everything, which is like, but how the feminine can see things and, and men are just like single focused and they just like plan the date, get her to the date. And like, they just see one thing in goals. And that meanwhile, I'm like everything experience and what are you wearing? And you're whatever, like all the, mm-hmm. you know, seeing all the other things. And so <laughs> 
where I get to practice surrender is when I see those little things that I don't think are perfect or whatever it might be, instead of going to criticize or going to, why did you do that? Or like whittling him or chopping his balls off is the way I like to see it. I just actually surrender in that moment and look for, for like ways that I can appreciate him. And like, look for the ways that he did show up, the ways that he did plan this. Because it's like, I think our feminine brains want to make up a story when that happens. Like when he doesn't plan something perfectly, like in the past, this has happened to me where I want to make up the story that he doesn't care about me. Or like he, he, he obviously doesn't care enough to put enough attention on this or like, you know, and then I, and then that's where I would attack him from. He obviously doesn't care about me. I wouldn't say that, but he'd be like, Mm -hmm. why did you do that? And so it's actually so that's where I get to yeah that's where women get to like surrender and 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 like receive and it's like also a way that we block receiving because like you're you're blocking his love the way that he did show up and we just like this is where we can expect men to be like perfect um perfect women basically right we like expect them to show up like women see like women think like women relate to us like women communicate like women and they just don't they're men and they relate to things differently and this is general right like there's going to be nuances and experiences in this but so that's a big practice for me and so when I surrender to receive the way he's actually planned a date then that's so what enables him and wants him to like continue being in his masculine and continue planning dates because a lot of women ask me how does he like plan so many amazing trips for you like how does he he because he does a lot he's like so giving and generous and like loves doing that stuff and it's like well because he loves to do it and because I really practice receiving it and surrendering to his leadership, his plan, and appreciate him. And that doesn't mean that like you can't like express desire. Like, and then we go back to the desire because it's like, oh, if you desire something different, then of course ask for that, but probably not on the date. And it's actually a way you can ask in a way that will feel good to receive instead of being like right. criticizing. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, like what I'm hearing a lot. In, in what you're saying too, is just such a metaphor for life. Like things are not always going to turn out the way you want. And it's not going to, if you keep focusing on the things that aren't working, then you're going to be in a certain state. And if you keep work, focusing on the way that the universe is providing for you, then you're going to be in a different state too. So yeah. what a beautiful way to practice just in general, like how you're receiving from life and from the universe. It's no different. Why expect it to be so perfect with one person? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Beautifully said. It is such a bigger practice that we get to practice mm-hmm. with our partners if we choose to. Yes, exactly. Beautiful. Oof, that was like, man, I just, I, <laughs> I love that. I can, I just love when, when I'm in, in, in these episodes, like totally drawn into a moment where I can see an opportunity for myself. Um, mm. yeah, definitely. Like even even I would say when I'm when I've been on on dates on dating apps, not necessarily stating exactly what it is that I desire, and I think it yeah I think I think sometimes it can come from like a place of laziness too of like hey you know this is just a dating app date, but it's all really an opportunity to express how we want things exactly right. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. such good practice. On every date or every interaction. Yeah. With a man, yeah. any man, even if you're not dating, yeah, like your yeah. dad, your brother, like men want to show up, men want to provide. And it's really cool mm-hmm. when we let them. Mm. 
Yeah. How did you decide to focus on teaching women how to love men? So I, I did a workshop called Loving Men. And that was like a month ago. And I still have it on my website. So they, if you want if you're listening to this and you want to buy it, you can do it that way through my um, Instagram. But I used, well, okay, where do I begin with this? Because I'm like, this is, yeah, this is such <laughs> yeah, a journey. Start with where you used to be. Yeah. Oh my God. I used to hate men. No, I was like, they are <laughs> stupid and worthless. And I was just um, so independent. I can do it all myself. And yeah, just completely uninterested in men. I didn't, I like for years, I, I was like done with dating men. I only dated women and um, just, yeah, I thought they were like kind of worthless. Sorry to any men listening to this, but I just, but yeah, that's, that was my, my experience. And I just was really deep in, well, I had a lot of childhood with my dad. And then I also was really deep in like feminism. And I just, uh, it really it painted a picture of men that I loved and clung to because it like related with my with my story about them. But it really put me into a space of like I hate men. And like I said at the beginning, like I feel I, I'm not against feminism whatsoever. Like it was it, it serves such an important purpose in us like getting our rights and like first wave feminism and like yeah, like, of course. And I think that we've swung really far with it and now we're like, I hate men. It comes yeah. with it. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I think even in in tarot and in sacred geometry, like all these practices, they talk about the tendency of things to go to extremes for them to go back to the middle. Mm. So, so if you if you're familiar with tarot or anyone listening, the card of the lovers, that's really what like a lot of the message is. Just our tendency to go to extremes so that we can go back to balance in the middle. Yes, yes, and I so see that we're doing that in a bigger sense, like societally, culturally. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, so yes, I used to hate men. And then through a lot of healing work, I mean, um, through many different channels, but Desire and Fire, like Amy and Ellie, who we both worked with, were super helpful in me understanding men uh, and loving men, healing my relationship with men, like Alison Armstrong and Queen's Code. If you've read that book, such gold. Like, I love Alison Armstrong so much. And then lots of healing around my relationship with my dad. He drank a lot growing up, so kind of healing around like, hit feeling abandoned or like struggling, you know, just like having a lot of alcoholism in my, in my home definitely had me have a certain relationship with men and them leaving. And then also doing this work around dom sub dynamics, like I said before, really had me like fall in love with men and really see like how much I want men in their masculine, how beautiful that is and how much I'd push that away and call men toxic, whatever. And so the loving men was created because I was running a group program a a while ago and one of the one of the weeks was about healing our relationship with men it was the first time because I've been on my own journey with it but it was the first time I was ever teaching it and um it went really well we talked a lot about Queen's Code Alison Armstrong like emasculating men a lot of the things we talked about in this podcast and I was so lit up after it and they all had amazing breakthroughs just like had so much new appreciation for men and saw where they had been hating men and what and not making space for them to like show up for them and making them rock that. And so anyways, I got on Instagram and I like made a whole story and like talking to the camera about how we, we hate men, but then we like also want a man so badly and just like how hypocritical that is when we talk shit about men and say they're all shit and then also want like a loving man to show up in our life. And that video got 
like just lots of energy around that video. Like people loved it. People hated it. People wanted like me to die. Like I got some hate messages from that. And I was like, wow, it's the first time it's ever happened to me. Um, and, and it was, yeah, triggering at the time. But then weeks, months later, I was like, I actually really want to run a class about this because this has been such an important part of my healing. And I could never have the relationship that I have now if I didn't understand, if I didn't heal around men, learn how to understand men and then learn how to like love them and communicate with them because we are different. And I pushed against that idea for so long. But then when I actually just kind of like embraced it and tried the little practices, I actually saw the way my relationships work so much better. And so I'm like, I really actually, I like, I just wanted to give, I just wanted to like give what I had learned to, to women because it's just been so informative. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times when it comes to relationship work, people really think about the person in front of them. And there's something about working with like around the idea of men or women. And thinking about the relationship to the general, you know, population mm-hmm. and the associations that you have with that. Because if you associate certain things like men always leave you or, or, you know, some of the other things you mentioned, and if, of course you're going to be projecting that into the person in front of you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of, what are some of the ways that, that you have, um, helped your clients? practice loving men and, and specifically expressing appreciation for men. Cause I know that's something that you talk about a lot, like especially in your relationship, expressing appreciation in mm-hmm. for your partner and for men. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I think it's important for any person in a relationship to feel like appreciated and seen totally. You know, like if you think of a relationship when you felt really seen by your partner and appreciated and like understood, like, how much, how much more you want to show up in that relationship, how much better it feels to be in that relationship. And, um, if you've had that experience or you can imagine, you know, what, what that might be like. And so, um, I just think it's so nourished. I just think that, well, what I've learned is, and what I see is that like we, we as women just like don't often express appreciation for men. We don't often tell them like, thank you for the ways that they show up. Like we, we can like take it for granted. Um, like of course, of course, he planned the day. That's the bare minimum that he should have done. Uh, of course, like whatever, fill in the blank, whatever. Right, a lot of entitlement. Yeah, totally. We so entitled. Yeah, yes. and I just saw, well, I saw that in all places. You know, even with my dad and my brother-in-law, and as I've gone through like healing my relationship with men in a bigger sense. And so, you know, when I did loving men, the first thing that we talked about was noticing men noticing the men in your life like if you can back up for a second maybe put your stories to the side if you have those notice where in your life men are showing up and it can be really simple you know um like the security guard at my villa who like holds the door open for me and says good morning every morning he really shows up for me <laughs> he really wants mm. to provide yeah i really feel safe i feel so safe knowing that he's here or yeah, like my dad, my dad loves to send quotes to me, like from spiritual books. Um, and so like, that's the way that he shows up for me. That's the way that he provides and loves me. And then my brother-in-law, he loves to help me with finances and he handles my phone bill. Uh, like tells me what to pay and, you know, calls AT&T when I need help or whatever. And places where for me, like I used to take all that stuff for granted, but it was actually just like not letting in the love. 
because noticing them is kind of loving them or like letting in their their love and it's in different forms of course like the security guard and like matt obviously it's different forms of love but <laughs> when we can actually back up and notice where they're showing up objectively without our stories then you can actually start to appreciate them and really do want to show up and and also where do men want to show up for you but you push them away where does where does like a man ask if you want if you want him to like carry your groceries to the car like at the the grocery store clerk or whatever where do you just say no and push it away it's such a little example but it's like i'm sure you're doing it in other places then right so it's like for the women out there who are like well men never come to me or no men like men never pursue me the question really is sometimes like well actually where are you not just not receiving where are you actually pushing them away not noticing how they're there for you yeah what a powerful practice just so easy because it doesn't necessarily take you going on a date and and you know putting yourself through like sitting down with a stranger like you could literally just look at the men that are around you right now Mm -hmm. and practice that with what you have already yeah and when you do it just makes space for an amazing man to come into your life because if you're already practicing noticing and appreciating men like who doesn't want to be around like a place they feel appreciated like this is this is just how you can nourish your relationship in such an easy way and then tell them you know like notice and then tell them so that's where the appreciation bit comes in just like well thank you so much for how you held the door open for me thank you so much for for buying me dinner tonight wow (laughs) you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. oh that's so beautiful you know, I, I'm going to mention that again when I said in the beginning of the podcast, which is what I really get from you is is how to make all this work fun and easy and light and and connected, even in the times when it's like dark, you know, but mm. what I hear from you is like you're injecting love into all of it. Mm. What do you attribute that to? Like, is that was that just your personality? Were you, have you always been that way? <laughs> yeah. What, what do you attribute that to? Or, or were you were you a little heavier? And sort of like the work has gotten you to this place where you can approach this from this place. Well, I love hearing you, your like perspective of it, you know? Mm. So I don't know if I notice it that much, but, but it is really important to me that it not be like heavy and like yucky and because, and sometimes it is like it's messy and it's like sweating and stressed and all these things, you know? But I think that what I always bring it back to is that it's all in service to your desire like it's all in service to you having a life that you love it's all in service to love and and to appreciation and to fun and play or whatever your bigger desire is for your life so i think we can get kind of caught sometimes and i have got caught up in in the work i gotta do shadow mm-hmm. work and i gotta and sometimes yeah you gotta go down a little bit you gotta be in the trenches but it's all but like remembering it's all in service to you living your most like playful, joyful, loving, expressed life. And if it's not getting you there, or if you don't if you don't feel that when you're doing it, even if it's not like overt love, you know, but it's like it's like the small things should reflect the bigger thing. The all the moments, you know? I think that's that's the commitment in there. That's how I see it. That's beautiful especially right now with everything that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, your work is really just bringing some light and love. Mm. Yeah, Thank you. it really is. 
So what are you currently working on that you can share with my, with my listeners and, and invite them to connect with you or participate in your workshops or your group programs? Yeah, well, I have loving men. So if you want to hear that masterclass, that's on my website. I also just did a masterclass this morning about the art of um, dating, which I mentioned, I think. So mm-hmm. that's for single women who want to be in committed relationships with, with masculine men. So if you want some more of that, that's a good place to find it. And then if you want more, I'm holding a group pro. They're all kind of like going into this like group program that I'm holding starting in September. And that's for, again, single women who want to get into committed, healthy, loving relationships, really like holding you through the dating process, getting into your feminine energy and loving that. All the things we talked about. <laughs> mm. So good. I love it. Well, thank you so much for all the little stories and wisdom that you shared with us today. Mm. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. You're such a good listener. I like feel so heard. <laughs> Mm, received Mm -hmm. make sure to check out in the summary all the info to get in touch with Kelly and find out about how you can work with her thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Commitment Phobe If this episode left an impact on you, please share with friends, family, loved ones, ex-lovers, the people in your life who you think would benefit from listening to these conversations. If you're curious about the kind of work that I do as an intuitive coach, head on over to my website, www.tanaimelgram.com, where you can learn more about what I do with my one-on-one coaching clients, group coaching programs, and you can set up a discovery call with me to see how I can be of support to you. You could also follow me on Instagram on my handle at Tanai Milgram. I'm always posting content about what I'm up to and new insights, new learnings that I'm getting along my journey. And please head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review if you like what you heard. So together we can start changing the conversation we're having about intimacy and commitments. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.